HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by TechServe, New York's original and still the best Apple computer, iPod, and iPhone store and repair shop. For more information, visit TechServe.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. Oh, 
Welcome to Snacky Tunes. I like that song. Yeah. Uh, if you're like me, you've been getting punked all day on Facebook with uh, fake Daft Punk announcements. I mean... Like, totally schooled all day. Um, I just... I feel so embarrassed. I mean, when you're in between jobs, you really have a lot of time to, to dive oh into God. that. Really, just... I'm, I've gone into a, a deep, fake Daft Punk rumor <laughs> hole that's wrecking me. Uh, welcome to Snacky Tunes. The band was Neighbors. They'll be playing live later today. Happy birthday, Greg. Happy birthday, Darren. We had a lovely birthday this weekend. Celebrated right here at Roberta's, eating meat and cheese, drinking beer. Because we don't like to travel too far. We don't like to travel far at all. Outside of the comfort zone. And uh, with the warm weather and the, you know, rising temperatures, we're looking forward to summer. So we have two wonderful food guests. I would say old guard and new guard. Can we say that? Oh, Jesus. But like, <laughs> not old. He old. has an older soul than I do. Um, it, his his this soul is like is an 86-year-old smoke. grandmother. We soul. have uh, Paul Greco. Co-owner and sommelier of the wonderful uh, Hearth and Terroir, and then Daniel Delaney from Brisket Lab, Brisket Town, and then now Smoke Line. And uh, now Smoke Line. Which, during the warm-up song, he was uh, getting the hustle on from Paul about having barbecue. <laughs> he was trying to hustle his- me, for God's yeah. sake. Yeah. He's like, if you could just sign this contract that I happen to have <laughs> in my back pocket. So we get 10%, right? That was the deal. We That's get you on here with Paul. Yeah. <laughs> so, Paul, for those uh, who don't know you, what's, what's the short... 20-second elevator pitch of who you are. Uh, Toronto native, New York since 1991, sommelier, beverage director, hospitality guy, co-owner with Marco Canora of Hearth Restaurant and Terroir Wine Bars. And uh, to say you love wine is an understatement, I would say. I relish the grape juice, absolutely. Yes. Uh, I, re- I have fondly uh, you versus Garrett Oliver in some wine beer throwdowns. I beat his ass. Ooh. Summarily in a wine versus beer versus cheese tasting. Not just once, but twice. Okay, so we have a lot of beer guys on here. We love the beer guys. Love the beer guys. And everyone says beer is the new wine, and you can pair it with that. You're staring beer at is me. beer. Be- wine is wine. Boom. You can't be a great wine drinker if you're not a beer great beer drinker. So we'll. that's all I'm going to say. Okay, so... I think my favorite time of the year to drink wine is this, the spring-summer time. Um, and what do you do in winter and fall? I mean, I drink... I, sober. I drink whiskey. <laughs> I mostly drink whiskey. Um, yeah, sober in the winter. Um, but uh, what wines do you like uh, with these seasonal chains? As you're coming out of like sort of like a dark, deep winter, what do you look forward to in the summer? I want something with more of an acid pop to it, more brightness, more fruit, more floral notes to it. Of course, this is all going to lead up to Riesling, for God's sakes. Yes. Uh, But while I'm transitioning there, I might stop in the Loire Valley and do some (coughs) Chenin Blanc-like stuff, Sauvignon Blanc from Sancerre, Puy Fumé. It's all good all the time. But things get a little bit lighter. I don't need big, chunky wines for the spring and the summer. That's a good word. Chunky? Chunky wine. Chunky wine. Chunky? I don't know. Yeah. The wine's got a real chunky taste. Though I think when I do this barbecue from this guy over here, I'm gonna need some chunky shit to go with that. I'm just saying, like you know, you could throw out a lot of descriptors for wine, and it'd be like, yeah, okay, chunky. That's a thing. <laughs> I, I think I had some of that like two years ago, down by the river. Um, now you mentioned riesling, and uh, talk to me about the summer of riesling. Summer of riesling <laughs> is a full scale love affair with the riesling grape in Technicolor. We're not there to say that Riesling is better than. We are there to say that Riesling is 
at the very least, the equal of every other great grape and wine on the planet Earth, and no one gives it its proper due. The glory of Riesling is the multiplicity of styles. The problem of Riesling is the multiplicity of styles. <laughs> wine drinkers still today, when they pick up a bottle of Riesling, don't know for sure what they're going to get. And unfortunately, the great majority of people think Riesling is always sweet. Riesling is no more inherently sweet than Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, whatever. It's what the producer does with it or allows to happen in the vineyard. But Riesling is all great all the time. So if people who are, have a misconception of what Riesling is, where would you tell them to start? What are some, some bottles that might just blow their minds and give them a 180 on their... Well, well, if you know the the common uh, misnomer about Riesling is that it's always sweet. So, if you don't want sweet, God forbid, then always drink Australian Riesling, a hundred percent dry. Go to Austria, go to Finger Lakes, Canada, Alsace. If you don't mind a little bit of RS in your grape juice, and God damn it, we all need a little more RS because the glory of German juice is that balance between acidity and sweetness. And if you're willing to go there, then Germany is your place. Look for cabinet, spade, a little bit more RS will be evident in an Auslese. But all good all the time. And Jesus Christ, people, a German cabinet or spade, eight, nine percent alcohol, you can get home from work, crack open a bottle of grape juice, down the goddamn thing by yourself, still read a book to your kids, have dinner with your spouse, and maybe then go out and have some goddamn barbecue afterwards. <laughs> And you will still be of sound mind and body. Well, I don't why, know what's greater than that. Um, why do you think that people have such a negative um, attitude towards the sweetness? What's the, or why does it make it inferior to other wines? Well, certainly for a great number of people who are over 30 years of age, leave for milk under names like Blue Nun and Black, Black Tower, you know, infiltrated the masses. And that's what everyone thought the German juice and subsequently Riesling was all about. Sweet wine, generically syrupy sweet wine. And that was not the case. The Germans were responsible for this problem. We consumers were responsible for this problem. Everyone is responsible for this goddamn problem. And we all have to come together and change it. So, uh, Riesling drinking music. What's, a, what's on the stereo? Ooh. Well, I'll begin. Listen, uh, completely separate but different is that I think great wines have a Christ complex in that we all go about our 33 years where we're out there preaching, doing the thing. We live a real concrete life. And then we die. And the cool thing about Christ, apparently, was that he came back from the dead. Well, great wines have a transition point where they go from primary fruit to secondary aromatics, those aromatics that come from maturation. And we have no goddamn clue as wine people why this happens. Much like we have no idea how Jesus rose from the dead. But you just have to accept it and move on. Great wines don't make statements. They ask questions. And since we just uh, are one day removed from his, uh, you know, rebirth, not, rebirth let's say. Rejuvenation. Then, you know, talking about great wines in that matter is a pretty damn good thing. So let me put on a little music if I may. Yeah, we'll put a little music. We'll come back. We'll, Daniel, you get in the mix a little bit. I'm, I'm, I can't even talk. You can't even talk. This, <laughs> this enough. guy's wild. Built for you 
And I sang songs of praise and love and up. I sang songs of burying you alive and up. See, I had to tear it down. Cause my faith was just a And in uh, perfect drinking music tradition, Paul just cracked us. Un- well, explain to us what you just opened. Well, in the Riesling vein, we're doing a little J.J. Prum 87 Riesling cabinet from the town of Valon, Sonnener Vineyard, 7.5% alcohol, a perfect lunch wine, so to speak. Surprisingly enough, this wine still has a little bit of primary fruit, little floral notes, some citrus notes, but it's very mic. Much in that Christ-like montage, still in the cave, the stone has not been pulled aside yet, and it's transitioning into a death-like trance, but it's not death-like as in your 90-year-old grandmother's cellar, for God's sake. There still is a feeling of life 
of intelligence going on in this wine that still has many years left to go. There should be a moment of silence on this radio show right now, but I know it ain't going to happen. How, how much do you think that comes down to just how it was or wasn't manhandled for these last 26 years? Uh, we should always remember great wine is made in the vineyard. When you meet a winemaker, you actually want to have him or her say that I am a wine grower, not a wine maker. Wine is made in the vineyard, not in the winery. As a winemaker, do as little as you possibly can. On your next visit, when they take you to the winery, say, no, I want to go to the vineyard. And what Prune did in 87, they step back, let Mother Nature take her course. They may have guided a little bit here and there. Perfect terroir, perfect grapes made by perfect human beings. Now, do you find there's a correlation between wine growing and making and good barbecue? Do you just sit back and let your uh, briskets do the talking? Well, I think so. And I think that probably more so than any of the other places in New York. So we don't offer sauce. We don't offer... We only use salt and pepper. We don't have any, like a, a crazy secret rub. Um, and I think that the, the process of making good barbecue is the process of cooking. Not not like garnish and pomp and circumstance and shit afterward. How many years did it take for you to land on what you felt as? Well, you had Jordana Rothman on here earlier, and she said that you were like very adamant about her not trying your brisket until it was ready. So how many years did it take for you to get ready? Uh, no, well, we, we cooked s- about 7,000 pounds of brisket this last summer raw uh, to produce like 3,200 pounds of cooked brisket every single day this summer. And we didn't sleep really, so that was it. That's what it took. That's 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 some serious numbers. And now, do you feel that you're like cranking out like at a hundred percent? Are you still? T- oh no, no, no. Still no. And I think that that's like a bullshit statement that like people. We don't, also don't use the term pitmaster at the restaurant because it's like it's kind of like we're babies, right? And it's like the same resentment that I have to an eighteen year old in art school calling herself an artist. Right. I have towards like. There are, there are folks that have done this for 65 years of their lives. Like, they were born into a family where the father was like, throw wood on the fire, son. And that's and then that's your life and your education and your form of sustenance. And we don't have that. Just like winemakers, right? Just, yeah. I mean, and, and I read that you went from opening a restaurant to being a waiter in your career, which, like, would some see as, like, a odd, odd transition, but it seemed like a, a solid education process if you're willing to acknowledge that. There are people out there that are smarter and more talented than you are. Well, I was unlucky or lucky enough to be born into a restaurant family, so my first job was as an owner of a formal Italian restaurant in Toronto, working with my grandpa and my father. But to leave them, I had to leave Toronto. I had to leave that restaurant, a great restaurant now closed. And I went to being a waiter and then worked my way up through the New York scene. Uh, and I think it's the, a great way to go. But I would ask our barbecue master over here, if we're trying to relate this to wine, so is, is good barbecue, does it absolutely begin on the farm with the animal? Or could you take a mediocre animal and make slam dunk brisket? No, I think it's entirely it's entirely the product. It, and, and I think that like we use, we use a primarily corn-fed beef as opposed to grass-fed beef. So I don't think that I don't think that barbecue sticks to the same trends that we like to uh, that we like to um, bask in right now in in like current food media and and you know and I have nothing against entirely grass fed products. Our pork is is from heritage, plug. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that it 
there's a product that's right, just like I'm sure there's a grape that's right for a specific wine, and maybe it's not a one-size-fits-all model. So it's not that for us. Certain things work well and certain things suck, and we're still trying to figure that out. Is there a goal, ultimately, that you're going to have local product featured throughout your restaurant, no, or does that... I don't think that that's possible. I don't think that, that it's it's possible... Really, in all honesty, like I, I think that it's a, it's a nice. Not, I mean, well, that's not true. Produce, of course, but like the quantity of beef and the quantity of very specific cuts of beef that we go through, uh, and the need for it to co- be primarily grain fed, not grass fed. I mean, it, it kind of precludes us from being able to work with a lot of local farms. That doesn't mean that we can't use high quality product. We use hormone free and antibiotic free beef. We we basically use what we feel is like the Rolls Royce of of, bar- of beef, but I don't think that the Rolls Royce is, is a Prius. You know, I think it's like, it's a Rolls Royce. It doesn't need to be grass-fed. All right. So what's perfect uh, pairing for smoky brisket? What type of wine? What do you, or do you like wine? With- I, I, I do like wine, and I actually don't like whiskey or whatever. Like, I think that there's... Oh, this- thank oh. you for showing up today. No, no, no. I appreciate... Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I think that there's something great about... I love bourbon, and I love whiskey, but I don't think that it's actually the right pairing for barbecue. I think that it's something up north that we've decided that like oh b- barbecue and bourbon and like but I don't think that that's accurate. I actually think that wine can be a lot better with barbecue. But and and I actually pre- think I prefer white wines with with beef um, in general. I think that like a really acidic white wine, it's like a it's like the you know we use board scrapers. It's like a tongue scraper. You know, like cleans that fat off. Well, I think Riesling and anything works well, like with your cornflakes in the morning on through the rest of the goddamn so day. So happy you brought it back to Riesling. <laughs> well, listen, you know, Danny Meyer a few years ago when he opened up Blue Smoke, sorry for mentioning a, another one, said that mm-hmm. rosé champagne and barbecue was the best match on the planet. And I, when I read I was like, no freaking way. But with more experience, I'm like, yeah, man, you want things with unbelievably high acidity to cut through the richness of mm-hmm. that. And then, yeah, I will take it to Riesling because I also think the added dimension of some residual sugar would play off the spice notes and mm-hmm. all the stuff that these guys are doing with their uh, I actually, proteins. Actually, could, I had never thought of that before, but I could see like this summer with like, a plate of ribs and like a nice glass of rosé. Oh, yeah. I don't see any problems with that at all. You know, I brought a beef rib with me, but I actually just gave it to the guys in the kitchen. I feel like I, I fucked up. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't see them inviting you to their radio show. <laughs> I know. Did you I get know. overwhelmed by their kitchenness and thought I got to impress them? No, I, I. It's a nice thing to do. It is a nice thing. It is. It's a nicer thing to bring me a birthday I rib. I could make. I could make a call and have some no, brisket that's, delivered. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. We'll come in someday. Um, so, you know, we alluded to it before, but you are moving to the High Line. Uh, we are opening up a location on the High Line, which is exciting. Probably. One of the best, and Paul, you've been in New York for a long time. Hands down, one of the best improvements the city's done. The greatest thing I've seen in New York City since I arrived here. One of the coolest things I've seen around the world. And for food, and in our case, alcoholic drink, it is an unbelievable playing field to do your stuff. And for this year to have these guys with us up there and the seven other vendors is going to really rock. It's one of those experiences where it's so great, you can't really describe it. It's such because it's so there's so much emotion and feeling and like it's so tactile. Like you just got to go. Mm-hmm. You just you know Central Park is one. I mean I love Central, Central Park is incredible, but this is a whole other because it mixes all the best parts of New York, including commerce and nature. And so I, th- I think that with Central Park you can escape. Yeah, you can escape. You're in nature, but that the, that border is still. Uh, it's not as you know. I mean, it's really present. You're very yeah. clearly in the middle of the city. 
which makes it awesome. So, so what? So what, what are the offerings you're going to be having at uh, Smoke Line? Well, so we're we're gonna. It'll be a rib focused menu primarily. We'll have our beef ribs. You had me at rib. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have pork ribs, which we have at Brisket Town, um, and I think that we'll also be working on a lamb rib, which will only be at the High Line destination. But the, but this is also uh, the first time that we'll have a deep fryer. We don't have one. We don't own one. And so when we have a lot of pig skin that we throw away currently, and I think that we'll make like little chicharrones and maybe stick it on top of a pulled pork sandwich. Um, we've been working on a fried cheese sandwich with some cheeses from the Bedford Cheese Shop. Uh, it's like a fried cheese and brisket sandwich, which is kind of awesome. Uh, and I think that the thing that's going to be so exciting about it is that uh, is about the you know, smoke line terroir partnership and the, um, that hustle that the, all the parents, do, do you want to, Paul, do you want to tell them about the <laughs> partnership that we're working on? Well, it's top secret for the moment, but okay. something could very well happen could, on Wednesdays. Could you potentially Wednesdays. do a, um, <laughs> could you get like a, a rib medley plate? Cause I know the price points are so disparaging, but could you get like a lamb pig beef rib on a plate? On a, yeah, I think you could. I mean, I feel like that would also be a game changer. So, you know, people could just try one of each, the sampler. I wonder if we could do... See, we're trying to... We do the ribs because we think they're portable. But I wonder if we could fabricate... You know, like Ring Pop? Yeah. Could we fabricate a little, like, one-hand holster f- to hold all the ribs? Yeah, you so You can get can... one of those uh, wine feed bags that they have at events and just put your ribs in there mm-hmm. and just eat down like that. I like it. Yeah. No waste. No waste. So, Paul, what do you got coming up this summer? Uh, you still got Heavy Metal Mondays, right? Heavy Metal Mondays are always in rotation. Every Monday night, Terroir Murray Hill. We just celebrated our first uh, year anniversary. We love it. And uh, it came about from nothing greater than when we opened the joint. I asked my staff a bunch of questions, one of which was your favorite band from the 80s. And one of the new employees said Cinderella. And despite the fact I'm a hospitality guy, I did blurt out, you've got to be fucking kidding me, Cinderella. (laughs) So we spent the next uh, six months going back and forth about music, Cinderella, its proper place, blah, blah, blah. And it all came about and manifested itself in uh, Heavy Metal Mondays. And trying to, you know, (laughs) we're somewhat creative in trying to draw very long lines between our love of wine and everything else that we love. And we find a lot of correlation between Heavy Metal music, the metal of the gig, and the acid, the the terroir of wine. Amazing. And, and what uh, time? What time does that kick off tonight? Always starts at five o'clock and goes till we close about uh, one a.m. All right, all right. And so, uh, first off, I just have to say, if no one has seen your wine menu um, from Hearth, it's one of the best things I've ever seen. Thank you very much. It's uh, <laughs> not a question. Of, well, no, <laughs> it's just a statement. It's a wine <laughs> statement. Not really a question. <laughs> You know, my, the... Uh, it's hilarious. I mean, it's, it's funny. It takes a lot of the pressure. Listen, the goal when I write that stuff, and yeah. Stephen Solomon does all the graphics for it, is first and foremost, you're going to chuckle. Yeah. Secondly, you're going to learn even if you don't want to. And thirdly, you might actually buy something. And when we began the thing nine years ago, as every new Psalm does in their new restaurant, how is my jo- place going to be different? How is my list going to be different? It was like, well, a wine list is exactly that, a list of wines. And for all the stories that wine has to tell, Wineless don't tell the story, and I wanted mine to be a storybook, not a wine list. So now we're taking it in all these different directions. Who knows, one day there could be a graphic novel about the terroir hearth wine list. And uh, where can everyone go to get information? What's the best website? Uh, RestaurantHearth.com or WineIsTerroir.com. And Daniel, for you, what do you, what do you got coming up other than Smoke Line? 
Well, that's going to take I mean, a lot that's, of... That's a big thing. That's Gary. a big thing. Just, want, just ask them where they can find all the fine, information. Where can you find all the information? Well, uh, com is the website for both of our locations. Great. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Probably going to take us out with one song before we bring neighbors in here. You know what? Thank you.
All right, welcome uh, back to Snacky Tunes. Uh, we have neighbors coming in. Uh, we have been pushed to the corner. We got a giant setup with these guys. Oh, that phone needs to go to Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and shout out to Paul for being the first chef to ever play music for us on our show. Thank you. Yeah, yeah there we go. Uh, well, neighbors, welcome to Snacky Tunes. First question um, Are they all really awesome neighbors? All of uh, are we all neighbors yeah. of each other's? No, no. I I call the, you guys are neighbors. Sure, I called the neighbors because I lived a, like a year and a half ago. For like six years, I lived uh, in Williamsburg in this one block that had a lot of awesome old Italian people who were all really nice to each other and like spied on each other weirdly. What do you mean spied on each other? Like they all would like peek out their windows and everybody knew what was like the other person was doing and like nobody could move without their movements being tracked. They were very like all up in your business. But it was like in like a nice sort of like a, comforting way. Was it like a more community type of spying? Like yeah, yeah. It was like it was more like nosiness than spying. But okay. it had like there was like video cameras got involved once. It was what? There's like a guy jumped over a fence when he was drunk to like get in his apartment and like a, and he fell on a guy's car who lived across the street and then the guy like caught it on his security camera. There was like it was a lot of stuff. Neighborhood. I mean that sounds awesome. I don't know if I would put the awesome in like the neighbors category, but the events sound awesome. Did yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Did that story get turned to a song? It didn't. That's real life stuff. I know. That's I'm that really, gritty. I'm missing a trick. That's that gritty stuff. Yeah. Um, so why don't we get you guys to introduce who you are and what you do in the band? You just shout it out. Okay. I'm Noah and I sing and stuff. Uh, I'm Steph and I also sing. I'm Aaron. I play bass. I'm Julie. I play keyboards. I'm Brian and I play keyboards. Sam, I uh, and how did you guys all meet, or how did this evolve from, uh, you know, an idea to all of you sitting in front of us today? Um, I quit my job once and I, a few years ago, and to make a record and in my bedroom, um, and I had cool neighbors who didn't mind that I did that. And then um, once the record was done, there needed to be a band to play it, and so we've gone through a lot of iterations, and there have been a lot of neighbors. <laughs> Um, but this is people always be moving. It's New York. It's people, a transient city. Our last bass player moved to Sweden. Um, is it once a neighbor and always a neighbor? Um, depends how you depends how you go out. Sometimes um, <laughs> most people are still honorary neighbors. Um, but this is like the this is like the core group. I feel like this is like. But everybody came in sort of slowly. Like Steph and Brian have been there since the beginning, and then Aaron is our newest neighbor, and Julie is our second newest neighbor. Sam's been here for a little while now too. We had six people and no drummer when we started. Yeah. So you couldn't find one drummer. In I didn't want a drummer. I like oh. didn't like like I always had just like drummers with big personalities in different bands. And I was like, screw this, man, no more drummers. What made you come around? Was it him? It he, he does look charming. He is very charming, yeah. and yeah. It, it sucked without a drummer. Like it was really bad. Um, well, why don't we get a why don't we get a song going? Okay. What are you guys gonna play first? Uh, this song is called "You Jump In," uh, and it's off of our newest record. Which came out in November. All right, you're gonna set this one off right now. Keep 
shed your skin and blame lack of love for all of this. Life is shakes until it splits and then it's broken and it never feels right again. So you jump in, I hope you swim, cause if you don't, well I won't find you, well I'll forget. The day that's been and when we move on, will we never look back? And I wanna hold you and kiss you under the little wings where nothing can destroy you, where nothing can destroy you. And I live alone, and no one's just a little kid. People probably just fell in love listening to that song. I hope so. Springs out. They're like, oh, that guitar riff makes me think of someone. I hope so. Yeah? Was that the point of that song? Love is nice. That that song, yeah. I mean, that song has always been, has always sort of, it's never been my favorite neighbor song, but other people seem to like it <laughs> I mean, how does that, how do you deal with that? It's like, I love that song. Like, Man, I know I wrote it, but I, fuck that song. It's not even like, <laughs> I feel like some songs you just like, people form attachments to and it for their own reasons, and you're just like, okay. I formed a real attachment to that song. Yeah, I've, since we started yeah. playing it live, but for, that <laughs> song's gone through so many iterations. I think it was hard for me to write that song, and that's why I don't like it, because it was like, oh, this is like a pain in the ass to birth it. What was so hard it's about it? like how, you know, like... Um, What's his name on Game of Thrones doesn't like Tyrion because he killed his mom because he was like the half man. You oh know yeah, what I mean, so like that's why I don't. Hey, like what were this. you doing last night? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I don't have HBO. I was reading the third book because. Oh I, okay. Oh, I've read all the books. Yeah, I'm reading the third book now because I don't. Well, have that HBO. was like literally like the one of the focuses of last night's episodes. Oh really? That scene. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's that so right thanks. in the beginning. I'm glad I watched it last night. Oh. You would have blown it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I think they, they allude to it. Yeah, right? they like the tell him how show. much he sucks the entire time. Yeah, yeah. It's really. But he's the best. They don't know. Yeah. That's how I feel about this song. That was another good April Fool's uh, 
thing today that Peter Dinklage was getting replaced by I Will, saw that, Warwick, yeah. whatever his name is. The guy from Life's Too Short. You really oh, really? Had way yeah. too much time uh, to follow up on April Fool's jokes today. It was pretty it, good. It was, yeah, it's a big day. Yeah, big day on the internet. Uh, so, one of you uh, opened a Cajun restaurant. Dude, tell us about that, please. Uh, that mic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I opened a, a bar. A bar in Crown Heights. It's called Catfish. Well, it's, a, it's a bar and a restaurant, but I mean, the original idea was just going to be it was a bar and we're going to have light food. But the everyone loves the food, and so now it's like a lot of people come out to dine there, and it's what's on the menu. What's really well. what's the specialties? Um, we have great gumbo. Um, we got a few po' boys to choose from. Um, we have shrimp and grits, um, jambalaya, the whole deal. Are you, um, are you from there? sixteen are you from drafts? Are what? From I'm not. Um, our chef is just obsessed with Cajun food, so that's what he does, and it worked out. That is awesome. There aren't a lot of really good Cajun restaurants in New York. There's, n- as far as I know, there's no Cajun restaurants in Brooklyn. Period. Uh, one. Yeah. What is it? Yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, besides that one, that's what I'm saying. So really, cornering the market. What type of po'boys are you serving? Uh, we have catfish po'boys, uh, roast beef po'boys, and andouille sausage step back. po'boys. Roast beef po'boy. I don't think I've ever heard of that. That's. I think that's the original po'boy. Really, I thought it was mistaken. shrimp. Or, I mean, what do I know? I'm not from there, but... Uh, really. And what type of music do you play? Nice, heartfelt indie rock? Or is it- <laughs> uh, it's, it's up to the bartender. We have awesome bartenders that listen to all kinds of different shit. I mean, you might, you might walk in one day and we're listening to country music, and then sometimes we listen to, like, like indie rock or whatever, you know? It's, like, it's I, fun. As, I mean, as a large group of people, I mean, how do you guys figure out where to eat, what to eat, uh, what's tour look like? Like oh tour tour doesn't look like it's happening um, <laughs> until <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> no until we figure out how to travel with six people who all have like jobs but I feel like yeah we all eat at his bar that catfish po boy is delicious and like I feel like actually we're pretty lucky like we always get seated quickly yeah. in Brooklyn establishments <laughs> as long as you know the owner but then what is like uh, I mean you guys are in the process of writing a new record right yeah so what's uh, like what do you guys stop to what fuels you guys like inspiration or when you're taking a break from writing? Well, so th- our writing process is a little weird. I've actually, like, locked myself in my apartment for the last two months and I'm, like, writing the, the sort of foundation of the record and then we'll all sort of get together and flush it out sort of after that. So I've been eating mostly burritos and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and mm. lint chocolate bars and, like... What, chocolate bars? Lint, you know? No. Lint, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Oh. Lint. I said it, like, the D is silent. Oh, okay. some roast beef it's, you're gonna have a good day. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> like, but disgusting food. Yeah, I'm the color commentary here. I don't need to know everything. Yeah. <laughs> what type of uh, peanut butter and jelly? Oh, uh, you know, yeah, you can't go straight up like grape jelly. I do like a, a chunky peanut butter, not a natural because I don't like stirring it, but um, like a chunky. Hurts peanut the butter. writing hand. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like a raspberry jam. You know, like yeah. the kind that has like the tablecloth top looking oh, yeah. thing. And then I found there's a new kind of bread that I like, but I forget what it's called. It's like all world bread or something. <laughs> And it's nice. It's global like, citizen bread? It's <laughs> <laughs> global citizen bread. Social justice bread. Um, Would an oral bread not be white? <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's, I, I just, <laughs> I just try, I'm just trying the sourdough now. It's nice. It's got like less sugar. <laughs> yeah. And then for the rest of you, like when you guys get into the group processes, like pizza, Chinese food, do any of you cook? I cook a lot. I live in Chinatown, so I'm always going to like the budget Chinese places. She knows all the good what's, ones too. What's the weirdest Chinese... Food, restaurant, 
I mean, I like New York Noodle Town. I like going in there and basically asking them to give me whatever. He's never heard of it. We walked past it really? this weekend. And he was like, what is that place? I was like, that's New York Institution. I, mean, yeah, I know. It's called me out on my lack of food knowledge today. <laughs> he has to go. Their duck is really good. Yeah. yeah. But when you say give me whatever, it's like chef's choice. And my I mean, I usually thing. go in there drunk at like 4 a.m. and ask for some sort of soup. And I mean, they're pretty. Wait, is, is it 24 hours? Yeah. That's crazy. We could go there right now. Yeah. We could go there, right now. We could go there <laughs> after. Which isn't that crazy. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually, that's not that. Yeah, it's like that's probably like a regular Monday, 3 p.m. Noodle Town. Watch out. Um, why don't we get another song? Sure. Yeah, we're going to play. We're going to play Diamonds, which is the song that you, I think you heard at the top of the show. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we're going to play that one. I'm going to start it, right? Yeah. Cool. Here you go. Tip away from you, you never get back. I remember what it was like. I didn't come home for the summer, and I never looked back. Cause I remember what it was like. You had a long 11 years, and you don't know how to act. Drove all the way home with your eyes All the way close Out of the fog and into the world It's gonna come down hard After the years have made you an eyesore It's gonna come down hard You're a diamond on a mountain of diamonds Don't you know I could find you even so, even so In your apartment, watch the cars on the freeway. I remember what that was like. Stayed in bed for a month to catch up on all your sick days. I remember what that was like. You made coffee in the morning, it was all that you could take. It 
It goes on without you, don't you know? It goes on without you, it goes on without you. Do you have a problem into the world? Oh, it's gonna come down hard. After the years have made you an asshole, it's gonna come down hard. It's gonna come down hard. It's gonna come down hard. Diamond on a mountain of diamonds, don't you know? I could find you even so, even so. I mean, are you bummed Rihanna took the name of that song? So bummed. Yeah. They, they came out in like the same week, too. That was like the lead single from the record, and we had like press and stuff lined up for it. And it was like, and then like oh, that week, Rihanna released her diamond. And you're like, wow, neighbors and diamond, just like we just. <laughs> I said, we, we blew it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can't control everything. Look, we're here now. Where's Rihanna? Don't we're know. Still yeah. Like yeah. So I mean, you know, screw to her. So um, I know that the uh, record is the main focus of the spring summer. But are you guys gonna be playing any shows? Yeah, we're doing. We're gonna. We haven't booked like officially booked anything yet. But we'll we'll definitely have stuff over like probably May, June, and July, and August, and um, probably yeah, June and July. We're going to do some local stuff. stuff. No road hitting. Not even like a six, seven maybe, person trip to maybe Philly, a little. We, Boston, yeah, DC. We'll, we'll probably hit those Providence. exact cities. Um, Just saying Montreal. Good call. Yeah. Um, but definitely, definitely New York stuff. Um, That's so. awesome. Uh, do you have a place that you like to, to, to play? I like, I mean, in New York, I love playing at Glasslands. Uh, we play there a lot and uh, it's always been, it's always just fun to play there. The sound is always good. The dudes there are always fun. I love Glass. I mean, we've been such big fans of Glasslands for so many years uh, from before those guys took over and, and to now. Yeah. There, it's just a wonderful. I also always feel that Glasslands is like if you were to take someone who'd never been to New York, be like, take me to a New York looking venue in Brooklyn. You're like, Glasslands is the Glasslands. One. Even though nowhere else really looks like that anymore, they'd be like, well, here's your It's a great stereotype. Venue. They lost the clouds, but I'm excited. Oh, they did. Oh, yeah, the clouds. They took it down. They're gonna put up something new. Oh, no. really? so. well, they used to do, and the they used to change that like venue. No, yeah. that, no, a lot. A lot more. Well, like every day. Okay, like, like every hour. <laughs> every hour. Constantly I, I think it was every three, four months, and then it was then it kind of stopped for. I mean, that's an ambitious art project. I mean, that, yeah. wood, that wood stuff has been up for a while. Yeah, the yeah. wood stuff is like I feel like a permanent fixture yeah. now. Well, I mean, I think there's like also support of the upstairs. Yeah. Like it's not just that it. That can't go anywhere. Wait, so when did the clouds come down? So like last week. Yeah, like Friday, really? They yeah. They like and they did they did a whole social media blast about it. like it was it was a big deal. They went out and uh, that's not an April Fool's thing. Like, no, they, no, they're, they, they're actually they, down. They, they're down, yeah. That's but I think they they got something planned. They said so, or at least their Facebook said so. So when you guys go out to uh, eat Brooklyn, New York, since you guys have been on the road, where do you like to go as a group? Where do we? Well, we used to go to Fetisal all the time, and I feel like that was just because I lived right around there, and my friend Alex bartended there for a long time, which was fun. And stink like meat for four yeah. days afterwards. He yes. he worked there, and he would said that he would sweat when he would sweat like days late after a shift. He would smell like Fetisal. I mean, I worked at a pizza shop when I was in high school, and like my hands just smelled of like rotten dough for like a year and a half. That is gross. That yeah. is, that that and like dirty <laughs> cheese. Yeah. So, you know, lots of girls in high school. Um, 
Uh, yeah, sorry. Fetisau, I think. <laughs> yeah. I also think, I feel like Calexico, because our, our practice space is right by there. And I used to work in Soho when their first cart opened. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, man, these guys put something in that burrito that just... Mm-hmm. Like, they f- well, I mean, they kind of like lightly fry it. That's what it is. Is it really? You know, I mean, just like in the way that as opposed to like it's wrapped here, they just kind of get that brown crisp on the other side. It's so, I mean, that, that carne asada burrito, there's something like, I'll remember that. Like on my deathbed, I'll be like, oh, carne asada. <laughs> I wish I called the song Rubies and Carne Asada. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, uh, we want to make sure we get one more song in here, but if you can give people how to find you, yeah. all the Twitter, social media, email, on, where they can buy all the old records. Yeah, uh, we, the, the records are all on iTunes. You'll have to sift through some other bands that are called Neighbors, but you'll find us. Uh, we have two EPs and a, a full length that are out. And then our newest full length is called Good Luck Kid, and we're on Facebook, um, and our... We have a website, neighborsmusic.com. That's probably the hub. Go to the website, okay. neighborsmusic.com. What are you going to uh, take us out with? We're going to play Hooligans, and we didn't, we didn't practice it, so okay. we're going to... Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, really we ch- but we think it's going to be better than what we did practice. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, just thanks, everybody. Thanks from Paul and Daniel from Risk Lab. And a uh, quick shout-out to our aunt. Uh, we hope you're feeling better. Thoughts are with you. And uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week for Snacky Tunes.
show back there Loads of weaknesses Get your manners Expose your weakness It's a fine, fine time to come clean Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.